Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Lynn S., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Toronto, Canada. Today is Wednesday, July 18th, 2018. We are reading from the big book, and we are at page 83, the fourth paragraph. If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, through to economic insecurity will leave us, and our comments will be focusing on the eighth sentence, self-seeking will slip away, through to fear of people and economic insecurity will leave us. Today's readers are the 12 steps, Tenzin P, 12 Traditions, Cordelia W, readers of the text, Katie G, and Lauren N. Reference numbers for Tuesday, July the 10th, 7 a.m. meeting, 11640, 10 a.m. meeting, 11612. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive reader who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Tenzin P to read the 12 steps. Good morning, everyone. Uh, Tenzin P calling in from uh, near New York City. Here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 
10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Well, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, <clears throat> we tried to carry this message to compulsive eaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank Tim you very Steve. much. I will now ask Cordelia W. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning. This is Cordelia W. from Florida. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group, excuse me, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Thus, problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Cordelia W. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. 
we are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 83, the fourth paragraph. If we are painstaking through to economic insecurity will leave us and our comments will be focused on the eighth sentence, self-seeking will slip away through to fear of people and economic insecurity will leave us. Katie G, could you start us off please? Sure, Ken Lynn. Good morning, my friends. Katie G, recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic and bulimic. If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we are halfway through. We are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. Starting my timer. So what's coming to me this morning is that um, fear is leaving me, right? So um, after I've been through steps one through nine again, um, the fear dissipates. It doesn't disappear for me, um, but it's learning how to negotiate fear. And, um, you know, fear used to drive me around. It was my, it was my driver. It carried me. And now it doesn't drive me. I, I notice it. It's there. But it doesn't drive me into self-seeking behaviors, which is pushing only to further my own interests. So I'm not afraid anymore. Why? Because I have a new employer, God. I don't need to be worried about who's taking care of my interests. God is taking care of my interests. And each and every day as a recovered woman, I see when things don't go my way, I say, okay, God, I'm not going to go crazy because for some reason this is what's happening. I may not like it, but you're my employer. And then my attitude and outlook. So my whole angle of approach, like my angle of approach used to be, you know, let me get what I want. Let me push. Let me get a graduate degree. Let me get a man. Let me get a kid. Let me get money. Me, 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 right? And now it's like, you know what? Like, thank you, God. Today, I have a roof over my head, food in the fridge, clothes on my back, money in the bank, and I have the privilege of abstaining from compulsive overeating. And I have the privilege of showing up at 7 a.m. with all of you, of working my program to the best of my ability and willingness, right? And now I'm not afraid. I used to be driven by what you thought of me. If I thought you, if I, there were 10 people in a room and one of them I thought didn't like me and the nine of them said, Katie, you're the best, all I could see was that one person and I needed that one person to look at me to say, I love you, you're the best because I was vapid, I was empty, I needed somebody to go inside of me where the food used to go and fill me up and make me feel okay. And I don't need to use you guys like that today. You know, you may not like me. And, and
Whoa, God Katie bless Jean, you. we lost you. Oh, there you are. Oh, can you hear me now? Yep, yep. Lynn? Oh, yep, we I got don't you. say this out of malice, but God gave us all free will, whether we like each other or not, you know? Um, but I'm not afraid of you. As long as I'm right with God, I'm right. And I don't have to be afraid of money. You know, I don't have to think that I am my money. I am your approval. I'm a, God, I'm a daughter of God. And I can settle into my skin and show up in the world as God's daughter and say, okay, God, what do you got for me today? I'm not going to eat. I'm going to do the steps with your help. You do the rest. Show me, guide me. And I'm going to keep showing up. It's with that I pass. Thank you, Katie G. The floor is now open for sharing on what we just read. Please Janice just once as it helps me hear everyone. Who would like to share? Reba Janice P. PM. Leslie W. Martha S. What we read. We're on page 83, sorry, 84. Started with if we are painstaking about this phase, down through to fear of people and economic insecurity will leave us. And we're commenting on the eighth line, which is self-seeking will slip away. So, so Mm -hmm. far I have Janice PM, Reva P, Leslie W, Martha S, and there was someone else. Richard B. Okay, that's great. Let's go with that lineup. Janice PM, Reva P, Leslie W, Martha S, and Richard B. Janice, could you start us off, please? Yes, Lynn S. Thank you so much. And I apologize, please. I said my apologies. You didn't even finish saying what you had to say. And I said my name. But here I am, you know, um, not to... Um, Definitely not cured. Uh, Jan is a recovered compulsive overeater and grateful that I'm here. And, you know, it's ingenious. These three these three promises just go together. I can see how one affects the other. You know, self-seeking will slip away. It'll slip away my grandiosity and my disease. That's how it was. It was always about me. It was always about nobody's business how I ate or what I ate. But, uh, you know, or I was either grandiose or I was inferior. That's, that's what it was in disease. Because, you know, I had to protect supposedly my rights. Um, self-seeking and self-indulgence seemed wholly justified. I was the greatest self-justifying that you could, could ever be. And so, you know, my grandiosity had to go because of my self-centeredness. I'll always be somewhat self-centered, but I don't have that... Uh, stubborn denial and recovery. Um, you know, in disease, I always had so much egotism, you know, self-made success in my professional field. No humility. Today, I can honestly say I was successful through the grace of a higher power. It was his success, not mine. I know that because some people today don't even know their name at my age. They don't even know what day it is. So it's certainly not me. It has to be a higher power. That's how the change came because, um, you know, I, I can't help, and I put it in, in the first because I'm just giving you my, my experience. I, because of these steps, I can't help but change. 
I mean, you just can't help but change. It just happens. Um, and you'll know what I mean if you're recovered. I don't know when it happened, but, you know, it happens on a daily basis, and I'm still growing to self-acceptance and not be so arrogant um, and be more humble. And I'm always learning new truths as I go through this. I have to learn to listen more, like wait until she finishes talking, Janice, and then listen. Listen, she's not finished yet. Um, so, you know, the change happens. It, it, it just does. Um, my outlook, my whole attitude on life changes because I have to accept, and I have accepted the grace of God, my situation here at home. Um, whereas before it was like, poor me, you know, all the other character defects. Acceptance, acceptance, acceptance. This is how it is. I have a challenging son. Accept it. Be grateful. It does turn around to become an asset. Um, and we just, I just change my approach to being negative all the time and hostile. Um, it happens. So it's a new attitude, a brand new attitude. And it happens one day at a time. Um, and with that, I'm going to pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice PM. Reva P., it's your turn, followed by Leslie W. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. Um, first of all, I want to remind myself that the paragraph starts with if, which means if I just sit at meetings or I listen to these meetings and I expect to get recovery through osmosis, it's not going to work. Um, I have to do the work. So if I'm painstaking and I do it diligently and thoroughly, um, this is what happens after uh, I'm completing step nine. And for me, too, these three sentences are related because my attitude and outlook was all about blame. It was everybody's fault. The biggest lie I told myself was, if only, whatever, then I would be okay. If all the externals were in order, including, of course, the food and my weight, then I would be okay. Um, and my mission was to make everybody, everything, including my weight, um, get into shape. And it didn't work. Um, so thank you, God, I reached the bottom. And I'm, I'm recently reworking the steps again, going deeper. And I'm noticing that when I get into fear, fear of people, economic insecurity, any kind of fear, um, what tends to happen if I'm not working the steps is I quickly go into control and self-seeking um, to protect myself and be safe. Um, and I try harder and harder um, to make everybody and everything the way I think it needs to be so that I can feel okay in abstinence. Um, so it just reminds me of the importance of continuing and continuing and continuing because as opposed to blaming and me being the victim, when I do this work, everything is in a whole different light. I see my part. I see my mistakes. I get to clean them up, um, and things change. And the last thing I wanted to say is it doesn't say I will be able to make self-seeking go away. It says it will slip away, which means I do the work and God does the changing. Um, and there's such a fine line between, you know, exerting my will to do what I need to do in terms of my footwork, but remembering I don't change me. 
I don't make myself selfless. I don't make myself fearless. I just keep plodding along, and the transformation happens as a result of doing the work. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Reva P. Leslie W., it's your turn, followed by Martha S. Thank you. This is Leslie. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Tennessee. And I learned um, something yesterday about fear. Um, I woke up with a lot of fear yesterday and a desire to protect myself at all costs. And, you know, it's easy when you feel fear to think that it's up to you. What the previous person just alluded to is that it's, it's you know, okay, if I feel this fear, then um, what am I going to do about it? How am I going to fix it? And, you know, when when I feel that kind of fear sometimes it it will it it may even absolutely paralyze me um, and it doesn't take very long before i I am not functioning and um because I'm just in my head, but what I learned yesterday is that um Sometimes there are some fears for me that will come up and um, I'll do a tenth step on it, but they still linger. And so what I did was I threw myself into service. Because the big book tells me that that's going to work when nothing else will. And it wasn't long before that fear started to dissipate and I started to feel good. And it was amazing. The way I woke up this morning as compared to the way I woke up yesterday morning, completely different. And, uh, you know, even though a person is recovered, it doesn't mean that they're not going to feel fear, in my opinion. And that's just my opinion. But, but we do, thank God for this program, that we do have a way to work that out, that we don't have to stay in it. And sometimes I like to stay in it. Sometimes I like to feel sorry for myself, <laughs> you know. But I know that if I stay in that, um, I'm going to eat. And I'm not going to fulfill God's purpose. And my maximum, my purpose today is to be of maximum usefulness to, to God and those about me. That's it. So with that, I pass. Thank you, Leslie W. Martha S., it's your turn, followed by Richard B. Good morning. This is Martha S., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in central New York. Thank you for your service. So self-seeking will slip away. I, um, I struggled for a while to understand the difference between selfishness and self-seeking. And I just wanted to share what has been helpful to me around self-seeking. So um, in the middle of step nine, I did start to see a a change, a transformation. It was just the beginning, though, and it's deepened in steps 10, 11, and 12 over the last uh, four years. 
But when I'm self-seeking on pages 61 and 62, I'm focused on myself. I'm trying to wrest my satisfaction and happiness out of the world by managing well. And I'm Instead of what? I always say instead of what? Instead of focusing on how can I be of maximum usefulness to my higher power and helpful to my fellows. So I have seen that change where um, I'm less likely throughout the day to only be focused on what, you know, what I want. Um, Selfishness for me, page 60, is I I want things to go my way. I want to run the show instead of trusting higher power to run the show. Um, Self-seeking is my focus. I'm self-centered. My focus is centered on myself instead of how can I be useful, God? How can I be useful to you right now in this moment? What's your will for me today or right now? And how can I, um, how can I be helpful to someone else? So <clears throat> whether I'm driving and I'm um, focused on my resentment that someone's cut me off in traffic, um, <clears throat> I can do a 10-step right there in the moment and turn my attention uh, off of myself and turn it to, how can I be useful right now to you, God? How can I be helpful to others? I could probably be more useful maybe to my higher power by, you know, letting another driver, uh, uh, letting a driver pull in in front of me if they're trying to merge in traffic. I can be watching for, how can I be helpful to others? And I'm listening for guidance from my higher power. How can I be useful to you right now? And as someone already shared, I can't change my behavior on my own. The self-seeking, I can't make it go away with my willpower. All I can do is um, go go through the steps of my classes, go through the big book instructions, and then practice in step 10, watching for my self-seeking motives, watching for them and then doing the 10-step process when it comes up throughout the day. Um, and I have noticed that my whole outlook, my whole attitude outlook has changed. Um, when things come up, I have that lovely 10-step process and um, deepening steps 11 and 12. Fear of people has pretty much been removed by my higher power. Um, fear. Thank you for the reminder. And economic insecurity, I'm just going to wrap up is um, not that it, we don't have it anymore. It's that fear of it will leave us. Thank you for the opportunity to share. I'll pass. Thank you, Martha S. Richard B., it's your turn. Thank you, and good morning, visionaries. <clears throat> Sorry. Okay, three sentences that mean an awful lot. Yeah, self-seeking was slipping away. For me... Self-seeking crops its ugly head up quite frequently. It's one of those character defects for me. It's it's one of the core character defects. And for me, um, I so often find myself looking for approval in others. Oh, what's he thinking of me? What's she thinking of me? Does she think I'm doing well? Does he think I'm not doing well? And... When I do, when I find myself doing that, it brings up a lot of fear, uh, fear of people. So um, I find I I have that when I am 
when I have lost a, con a conscious contact with my higher power. And it could just be in the moment. And you know, these are the promises. They're not due. To, they're, they're not supposed to be true all the time. Uh, not for me anyway. But I do have them uh, in my life, different ones at different times. Um, so I, I don't think I will ever be completely free of that kind of self-seeking uh, character defect. But that's up to God, you know. Um, I just have to make sure I'm having that contact and opening my heart up. Um, regarding economic insecurity, that for me is a big one. Um, again, another big one. Um, but it's leaving me for today. Um, I have very little money. I'm on disability. I... My wife is in the same situation. So our household has very little income each week. And we struggle. We really struggle. And I'm a musician. She's a musician. And sometimes we get some work and sometimes we don't get some work. And in the middle of the summer, we get very little work. And um, so it's one of those things of tightening our belts. And God is in charge of that, not me. And I realize now that if if I just if I don't worry if I don't focus on the on the money or the lack of it and if I tighten my belts and be frugal that's a character asset for me being frugal and being considerate of others and other people that the money affects then I don't have fear of it uh, I'm nearly out of time <clears throat> but I I will say that um oh i was going to say but i've forgotten what i was going to say so it couldn't have been that important <laughs> so with that i will pass thank you thank you richard b for those of us just coming on the line we're on page 83 starting with the fourth paragraph if we are painstaking through to economic insecurity will leave us and our comments are focused on the eighth sentence self-seeking will slip away through to fear of people and economic insecurity will leave us. And if you could please say your name just once, it helps me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Charles H. Dennis M. O. Ramona A. Robert T. Okay, I heard three people at once there. There was somebody T. Madam. I heard you, Matt. Thank you. There was somebody T. Liz T. Okay, and I think there was someone else. I'll tell you who I have. Charles H. Janice N. L. Ramona A. Liz T. Matt M. Did I miss anybody? Robert P. Robert P. That's great. Thank you. Charles, could you start us off, please? Followed by Janice N. L. Thank you for your service, Charles H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And thank God for a recovered guide, right? And we're talking about self-seeking will slip away, fear of economic insecurity will leave us, and things of that nature. Um, so my guide gave me an assignment in looking into AA 12 and 12, and I'm going to tie it in because I know this meeting is about sharing on what was read. So I want to I follow directions uh, for once in my life. So, um one word that came up in the AA 12 and 12 in the second step for me was belligerent. Um, 
which is conflict, war, drama, just always starting drama. And, you know, that that didn't really serve me well. Um, and fear was underneath all of that. And, you know, uh, this process can be utilized on a daily basis, meaning these 12 steps. And just that little signal right there of belligerency, which, which um, I utilized for most of my life, just clicking the light switch and being like, you know what? I don't care what anybody else do. That's not my business, right? And 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 dead ass, I don't care what anybody think about me because it ain't my business anyway. However, I knew fear was the root of that, right? And you know, as a recovered man, I don't I don't sugarcoat nothing. That's why sometimes I don't really speak too much because I'm not sugar. I'm not like caring about how you feel about what I said, right? Because um, these steps on a daily basis, validate me. I don't need validation from a human being. You're finite just like I am. But these 12 steps are infinite. You know, I get power from a power source. It ain't from me. You know what I mean? So, you know, you know, the application on a daily basis, even sometimes on a minute-to-minute basis, is where I get my validation from. And I just love this meeting because this meeting breaks it down to the single molecule of, of what's underneath all of that stuff. And, you know, talking about fear of economic insecurity, like, you know, I, I got a vision from just sitting back and, like, looking at, you know, I'm not going to be young forever. I'm probably not young right now. But I bucked my 401K to the maximum because, you know what, it's about, you know, taking care of myself. Self-care is, 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 is a fruit from working these steps one day at a time. And with that, I'm going to pass the baton. Thank you, Charles H. Janice and L, it's your turn, followed by Ramona A. Hi, this is Janice M.O. It always sounds like M.L. I don't know why, but um, thanks, everybody. Um, one of the words that hit me was the word slip. So I thought... I thought of slip as being like a very slow, gradual change. So I looked it up, and one of the definitions says escape or get loose from a means of restraint. And I thought, oh, wow, that just speaks volumes. Um, and I was thinking about the fear of people, and I've been recovered for a while, and um, I do get fear, you know, of going into social situations sometimes. Or, and, but right now I have directions. To deal with that, and and most of it is to focus on the other person. And when I do that, the fear just slips, you know, goes away. And the other thing that struck me was, it doesn't say that economic insecurity will leave, you know, will leave. It's the fear of that, um, you know, because uh, economic troubles will happen. But I don't need to be afraid because my God is my employer. He's always been reliable. Um, he's never let me down, and he's trustworthy. And so I feel that, um, and also focusing on all my blessings has really let that go um, because I'm so abundant right now and so blessed. Um, and then like someone said, just focusing on helping others really relieves me from that. Um, and I just wanted to share a situation. I shared it at my home meeting, but um, that I need to follow my higher powers leadings and promptings. And I was working, I'm working in a situation where dishonesty to my manager is really encouraged. And um, I had an opportunity Monday, I was really disturbing 
my spirit and I've been abstinent for 20 years and the food thoughts were really coming in and um, I just knew my higher power saying you have to tell the truth and so I just asked to be provided with the opportunity, you know, bless my words. I wrote out an email I was going to send and just felt like my higher power saying, no, don't send that um, yet. So um, Monday, just by fluke circumstances, which we know is not really a fluke, but um, she showed up where I was working and I was had an opportunity to be really honest with her about the reality of what is really happening, what I am capable of doing because of the short staffing. and. Um, she was shocked, and it was really hard for her to hear, but I felt so free afterwards, and just, I felt like this was the right thing to do, and um, yesterday at work, I was so free, I felt like, yeah, the responsibility is on the right person, it's on my manager, she's going to have to figure out what the solution is, but all I need to do is show up, do God's work, be of service to others. And uh, it just simplified my life so much. Instead of the um, the disturbance in my spirit, I have peace now. So I just feel like, and there was no fear of losing my job. Well, there was no fear because I knew if I lost my job, I'd be okay and that my recovery needed to come first. And that was Time, such a blessing. Oh, thank you so much. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice. And I'm sorry, I still hear it as NL. I'm sorry. Ramona A, it's your turn, followed by Liz T. Hi, this is Ramona A in Vermont. Uh, can you hear me well? Yes, thank you. Okay, hi. Um, Ramona, recovered uh, compulsive overeater in Vermont. And the last sentence there, fear of people and economic insecurity, has been uh, the last promise to, you know, it's the one that sticks out the most. It's the last promise to come true, to, to budge from its, you know, starting point. And it is, it is, you know, the, it is less than it was before, but I think I lived from my day one in fear of people. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what the reason was or is, if it's personality, if it was, you know, people around me and how I responded to them or whatever, and it doesn't matter. Um, most of that is gone now, but I still can be afraid, you know, of uh, dominating people or in certain circumstances, you know, I can be intimidated. Ramona, we've lost you. Oh, hi. Can you hear me now? Yeah, a little louder would be great too, please. Oh, just a moment, please. Is that better? Yes, thank you. Okay. So, yes, I was mumbling to myself, I guess. So, anyway, I said fear of people for the most part is gone. You know, I can go into a situation and um, be present for another person or just be quiet. It used to be that I couldn't even be quiet. You know, I had to be the center of attention. So now I can at least be quiet or more quiet than before. The fear of economic insecurity has not left. And, um, you know, I'm not economically insecure. I'm not economically terribly secure right now either. And so from time to time when situations arise, that fear really pokes its ugly head right up again, and uh, I pray about it. 
I try to look at, you know, if I'm thinking it's another person's fault, that, you know, um, that uh, try to understand where am I being selfish, where do I want that person to be different, you know, to be somebody they aren't, where, you know, being dishonest, and how can I rely on God more, and just just to let go, I feel like the person hanging off the cliff there and being told just let go, but that's really it. That's that's what the program teaches. Let go and and let God take care of this. And then I have to think, okay, what is am I doing things to make this worse, this situation worse or even to make the situation happen, you know, what are my habits and what are my beliefs behind it? So there's a lot of work there to be done, a lot of work that has been done. And it's very slow, but that is that is slowly lifting. But I I just have to say in my life, that's going to be one of the... Time, please. Ones. So thank you, and thank you for uh, everyone else for their sharing and their service. I pass. Thank you, Ramona A. Liz T., it's your turn, followed by Matt M. Good morning. This is Liz T. in Minnesota, recovered compulsive overeater. Can you hear me okay? Yes, thank you. Yeah. So I was just reflecting as everyone was sharing, um, you know, the painstaking phase of, of our development and how far we've come as we're going through these steps, step 9 and then 10, 11, and 12, and um, just the precious gift of abstinence and clarity of mind, how I can reflect on my day and my 11-step nightly review. And um, I love the nightly review because it helps me catch things that maybe I'm not willing to look at that's rumbling around in my head. And I caught something um, last night that I shared with my sponsor and realized I needed to do a 10-step on it. And those are the little things that would over time um, start to fester and build and eventually, you know, the food starts to, to look like a step up because I'm not dealing with that inner turmoil. And um, it's starting to become, it can become a block to my higher power, can become a block to my use, usefulness. Um, and so I have to admit and just tell on my disease and say it out loud that I was in the bedevilments the last evening. Um, I was crabby. And and doing that nightly review helped reveal that. And, and, you know, in the past, I maybe said, well, gosh, maybe I'm not that recovered. Maybe I'm not as recovered as, the, you know, people on the line or this or that and get into that comparison. And you know what? That's that's hogwash. I, I'm human. I'm going to have days like that. And it's getting through that and, and getting to the other side um, without falling into all of those character defects. Um, and wallowing in the self-pity. I can get up today with a clear head and today's a new day. And um, the sense of, of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. I mean, that's just such a beautiful promise. I, you know, I still can fall into self-pity, but I don't need to stay there as long. I have tools and support and um, a phone with lots of phone numbers in it of, of many of you I can call. and. Um, we're not doing this alone. And so if I'm looking at painstaking, being back in those bedevilments, that was pain, that is painful. 
and I don't want to be there, and I don't want to be blocked from my higher power. Um, some days, you know, working these steps and admitting my wrongs is painful. It feels painful, but it's definitely not the level of pain and despair that I felt um, back in the food and back in those bedevilments. So um, with that, I will pass. I'm grateful for where we're at in the steps and, and grateful for all of you. We'll pass. Thank you, Liz P. Matt M., it's your turn, followed by Robert P. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. This is Matt M. Compulsory from New Jersey. Excuse my air conditioner. That's really loud. Um, self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and economic insecurity will leave us. You know, self-seeking, when I'm in, when I'm in the food, I'm selfish, egotistical, and self-serving. I don't care about anybody else to get me my next fix. I'm using my food stamp money to buy junk and, and binges. I'm using my I'm using people to take me to the store so I can buy junk food. You know, I'm very I'm not abusive, but I'm also very manipulative. I know exactly how to get what I want. My whole attitude is changing now that I'm really abstinent, and I feel like you know my economic insecurity. I was able to take my money this month and make it stretch. I don't make a lot. I'm on SSD disability. I'm looking for work, and it's difficult, you know, now I have to, like, you know, it says in the big book on Bill's story, you know, people are skeptical of hiring me because I'm still very large. I still have, um, I have health issues. Um, I have a really big gap in my work history, so I still have to go forward and live my life, even though I don't have a job right now. So, again, I think insecurity, it can be really big for me sometimes that comes up in my mind. But I thank God just for today, I have everything I need. I don't have everything I want, and I don't need have every, I don't need to have everything I want. I have a roof over my head, food to help, asking the food to eat, friends to hang out with, people to call. I'm in a way. I have a meetings to call. So I have a phone to use, which gets me able to get out and touch, reach out and touch people that I can't get to. So you know, um, so even though I don't get to face to face meetings, I have phone meetings to get me and keep me connected to people in the fellowship. So I don't have to fear anymore because fear faced everything and recovered. That's what fear means to me, you know. So I want it, I want it, or false evidence appearing real. I don't have to listen to those lies in my head when the disease is acting up. I don't have to listen to the whispers of the foods get better today. Go for the food. Go for the food because you know why? I don't want to be a miserable, egotistical human being. I want to be someone who's like healthy, well in mind and body and spirit and goes out and helps others. I want to be there for other people because so many have been there for me over the years. I've been in the rooms for 10 years and so many countless people have given me literature. They've taken me to meetings. They've given me grocery money when I didn't have any money on me. So I've been very lucky and very blessed. You know, I, I, I try to deny that I have a higher power, but I know there is a God on my own understanding because there's so many things that have been given to me that I can't explain. They were just given to me by the grace of God and I don't have to worry about it anymore. Uh, with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Madam. Robert P., it's your turn. Uh, thank you very much. This is Robert P. from Northern Virginia. Um, I'm seven weeks abstinence after a three-month three month relapse, and the relapse was caused by exactly what we've read. Uh, I've been working on a project for a year, and I had thought I'd made a quote-unquote deal with my higher power. And unfortunately, you really can't deal with your higher powers, I learned to my, my great chagrin. I said, okay, I'll do the legwork if you'll make this uh, project succeed. You know, there was the if, and, and I put the responsibility for the success on my higher power. And it didn't. the project uh, came to fruition in January, but it didn't succeed as I wanted it to. And so that combined with some health issues I went into a three-month relapse starting in uh, late February and uh, put on 25 pounds. 
and I've been around in this program a very long time, and I've been a free rider. Uh, that's an economic term for somebody who who takes advantage of other people of their economic, of their prosperity by uh, not doing anything. And I've been a free rider on AOA for decades, but this uh, relapse brought me to my knees, and I am working this program as hard as I've ever worked it. Worked it in many in several decades, probably. Uh, I've gone back to step one, and I'm working, I'm in the middle of step four. I, I'm doing all the ba- I'm back to the basics. And the the flaws involved in my relapse were fear of economic insecurity uh, because I spent a lot more money on this project than I than my I originally planned, and I'm retired, so I get cut into cut into some of my retirement savings in a way that I didn't that, I, that scared me, and so that was fear of economic insecurity. Although I still had plenty of money in my retirement accounts, but I let that fear take over and uh, push me into relapse. Well. To choose to relapse. You don't really get pushed into relapse. You ch- I, I choose it uh, because I'm not getting my way. And the uh, other big thing is the grandiosity. I thought this project was going to lead to a lot of personal success and a lot of uh, you know personal recognition and all this kind of stuff, and it didn't. And so far, anyway, it hasn't done that. And that was a lie. And I lied to myself because I thought this, I had told myself this project was all about the service aspect of doing the project and that by letting my higher power take care of the results that I would, um, you know, that I would focus on the service aspect. Well, that was, I lied to myself because one of the reasons I got so, I fell back into fear and I fell under grandi was I was really on the grandiose part expecting that it would be a big success and I would be really, you know, I'd, I'd get a lot of a lot of personal uh, aggrandizement out of it, and that, that obviously hasn't happened, which is really good for me because my ego, obviously was was trying was running the show instead of my uh, true desire to do service and surrendering to and not surrendering to surrendering to my higher power. The good news is that I've been I'm abstinent for seven weeks, and like I said, I'm working this program harder than I ever have before. I'm doing a sixty and sixty. Which, uh, which should become a 75 and 75 before I go on vacation. And Can one I of the see? major things, okay, thank you. Just one of the major, I'll wrap up. One of the major things that's changed is I've never, I think once in 40 years I had done phone meetings. And now I'm doing a phone meeting just about every other day because I can only get to about three face-to-face meetings a week. So that's one of the big changes right there alone. So thanks for listening. appreciate it. Thank you, Robert P. We have time for a couple more shares. Who would like that? Marcella M. Russ M. Okay, that's great. We've got Marcella M. Hello. And Russ M. Okay, Marcella, do you want to go ahead for us, please? Thank you. My name is Marcella M. I'm a recovered compulsive reader. Fear of economic insecurity. Yes, I felt that. Um, in my case, um, with uh, with uh, entire abstinence from my alcoholic food and the work of um, this big book in the companionship of my sponsor and now in the companionship of my sponsees <clears throat> has been replaced by the willingness and frankly enthusiasm of remaining employable for as long as I possibly can. And I'm not doing it as a penance or because I don't have anything. I don't have any other options. I'm doing it because I love it. I love what I do. And I'm so excited about my future. And I'm 58. I'm 58. And I'm excited what's coming ahead of me. Um, with entire abstinence and the work of the four, of the, of the 12 steps in my inventory, I was 
finally willing to go back to school. In Mexico, I'm a, I'm a licensed psychologist. Here, I doesn't work that way. I was willing to go back to undergrad school, which I did and finished. And now I'm in the middle. I'm, I'm halfway through um, the master's degree, and, and I'm employed in the field, and I am enjoying it so much. So my fear of economic insecurity left me and was replaced by so much love for work, which, frankly, I've never had in my life because I was always in chronic digestion and always intoxicated with my alcoholic food. And I could never feel the joy of work until now. So that's my experience. Thanks, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Marcella M. And Russ M., you'll be the last person to share. Please go ahead. Good morning, Lynn. Good morning, fellows. Russ M., recovered compulsive overeater outside of Philly. So, you know, throughout my life, probably, 95% 95% of my decisions were based on fear and um, it was reactionary, not thought out and it created a lot of problems and you know, I couldn't be present for my family, for my friends, my relationships, the same, same old story, you know, and uh, obviously the uh, economic insecurity. But as I work through these steps and I go through this process, and I was listening to the shares as I'm walking back in from getting coffee. I'm thinking, has God ever really let you down? And when you think about it, for me, never, hardly ever. It may not have been what I wanted, but, you know, it was a learning experience that's taught me how to, how to deal with life just by depending on God. And, uh, you know, you know, uh, the fear's been down, you know, using the 10 step and, and these promises are coming to fruition. I mean, I have some things going on right now that are just the, the big, they're huge financially. And I'm not staying up all night. You know, I'm not uh, struggling and being fearful because I'm laying it over to God, working the program. And I have to accept where it is. And he's not going to let me down. He's not going to let me down as long as I'm doing, you know, working this program and trusting. And, um, you know, certain things are happening for the positive, too. And I'm learning. So my my point is, since being in program, the fear has been to a minimum. And it's only because of God and working this program. So thank you so much. Uh, have a beautiful day. Thank you, Russ M. And thank you to everyone who shared. And to Team Wednesday, Tenzin P, Cordelia W, Katie G., Lauren N., Kathy G., and Ruth H. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, Wednesday, July 11th, is 1164 now. Sorry, 649. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Lauren N. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Uh, this is Lauren N. Can you hear me? Yes, thank you. I'm so sorry. I am was spacing out, and I don't have it open.
I can't believe I did this. I'm so sorry. All right, there we go. And our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will consistently disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if, you, if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.